Hey, Augmenters. I'm Julie. And I'm Jimmy. And we believe authentic, connected relationships are the key to growing to your potential. Today, we are joined by Shilpa Godhook, a leader for good and founder and CEO of See Good Strategies. Augmenters is a leadership podcast about people sharing how mentors have helped them become experts and how their expertise will help your next mentoring relationship. Julie and I have found one consistent theme across all great leaders. Each and every one has had a great mentor. In this episode, we have three takeaways that are going to rock your mentoring world. First, a shortcut to help you connect more authentically with others is to be honest and allow yourself to recognize biases in the workplace. Specifically, what worked for a leader or a mentor may not work for others nor for you. This can be really hard, but if you can see around these corners, it will lead to more authentic connections. Our second takeaway is how to best grow to your potential. Some people ask, when should leaders share their thoughts? We recommend, and so does Shilpa, Share your thoughts last. This is a great tool for leaders to help others feel confident sharing their perspective and helps those individuals grow to their potential. This entire episode is just like principle one of the Augmenters keys to growing a mentoring relationship. This episode is about Augmenters principle number one, vision. Leaders need to connect with their vision, not only to identify problems, but also to develop a point of view. Here we go. Welcome, Shilpa Gadhook. We're so happy to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you guys. We are so excited. Um, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. And I feel like we have so many interesting things to talk about. Past, present, a little future. Maybe a little role playing. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? Are you ready? We're going to have a party. We're going to have a party. I'm excited. As it usually is. Cool. So as we kick off, generally, one way that we have our guests introduce themselves is that we often hear from our guests that the mentors to them are people who believed in them before they believed in themselves. So Shilpa, tell us who that person is and what they saw in you. That is such an amazing question, you know, and I will say there's, I think many people in my life that I feel like have believed in me before I probably believed in myself. And I won't give like the, the, probably the answer that a lot of people hear. My parents definitely are, are one of them, but I think a, a person who believed in me before I believed in myself was one of my first managers that I ever had in my first job after college, I was working in the finance industry. And you know, when you're, when you get out of college for the first time, you just, you really want to pour your heart and your soul into this career. And I really, really wanted to do well. I'm a type A person. I always wanted to like, make sure I, you know, hit all my goals. I was the, you know, top of the class and trying to do all those things. But my, my first manager was someone who would see like how hard I was working. And he just really showed me that like, part of working really, really hard and being successful was not only just at work, but also in your life and making sure you had that balance in your life. And so he taught me a lot about what it meant to 
have success. Um, success wasn't just at work. Success was also kind of fulfilling other parts of your life as well. And so he saw that kind of strive in me and, and wanted me to apply that to different areas of my life, whether that was dance or whether that was creative, you know, um, things and hobbies that I'm really interested in. So I owe that a lot to him, to how I've kind of tried to have balance um, going forward as I go through my career. I love it. So you say you want to have balance in your career. How do you do that if you guest lecture both in Baltimore and in Chicago? That's a great question. Right now, virtually. <laughs> so sometimes that's from a virtual lens. But yeah, you know, I just I think balance for me is a lot of just doing what you enjoy doing as long as like it's not just about work and the time that you spend, I'm very conscious about how I'm doing it. So it's personally fulfilling for me. I love guest lecturing and I love being a part of academic, you know, institutions. Like I, I love school. I'm a huge nerd. So that was always been um, something. You're in good I company. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, you know, I think that's a big part of just who I am and how I round out different aspects of my life. I've loved teaching. I was a dance teacher, you know, before getting, kind of getting into the corporate world. I taught swimming. Um, so I love being in that environment. But I also really love the world of brand and I love the world of marketing. And I love, you know, just being able to kind of tie different aspects of my hobbies and my interests into my everyday life. And that for me is what balance looks like. Shilpa, I love that. And I'd love for you to just talk a little bit more about your career, because in the chance I've gotten to get to know you, you've had such varied experiences. You care so deeply about impact and you're kind of on a new journey right now. So could you tell us a little bit about your background and where you are and where you're going? Yeah. You know, my background is really in the brand world. Um, obviously, I started in finance. I feel like that was another lifetime ago, but um, I switched over into the brand world. And for the last 10 years, I've been in brand management. So I worked with big CPG companies. I've worked with mid-sized corporations. I've worked with startups. And I think through all of that, the lens that was always very meaningful to me was how do I actually inspire people? How do I inspire consumers? How do I inspire something that I feel like will help make the world a better place? And from a big part of my career, you know, you get sort of assigned what brands you work on. And I've been blessed to work on some amazing brands that I'm, you know, I've learned a lot about. But I think one of the biggest turning points for me over the last few years was how do I marry my craft with, you know, something that feels right for me as a human and wanting to build business as a force for good? And like, how do you actually build a society and environment and an economy that really works for the greater good? And that's what led me to create See Good Strategy Group. So See Good Strategy Group, we're a brand strategy and social impact consulting firm. And really that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help really help organizations transform how they think about brand strategy to create more meaningful impact across socioeconomic and environmental initiatives. And it sounds like you know, it's a tall order, but I think there's there's a lot of work that we have to do in our world. It's going to take a lot of us working together. And so I love to marry like the public sector with the private sector. And how do we actually form, you know, the right, bring the right thinkers to the table, form the right ideas, the right partnerships to actually help create profit through a lens of purpose. So that's what I work on. Shilpa, I'm I'm really curious how you've kind of transitioned a little bit and maybe how different people showed up for you along your route going from Pampers, which I'll just say is a 
maybe the bottom, uh, to a Halo Top ice cream, which some might say is uh, the, uh, the the highest elevation. So, <laughs> uh, at these different uh, companies, could you feel like a different culture or style where when it wasn't directly within like the hierarchy or whatever the management system was, like how might it be different of like the culture of, you know, showing up for others or like, let's say even, dare I say, allowing people to be vulnerable. Because when you're holding the dirty diaper, as I do often right now, you're pretty vulnerable. <laughs> you're pretty vulnerable. You know, and I think it's such a like, it's an important, you know, topic to talk about because I think different organizations, to your point, operate in very different ways. And sometimes it can be because of the size of the organization, but I think a lot of it is also due to the people and the culture. So when I was working at larger organizations and I was working on brands like Pampers, you know, I will be very honest for me, a lot of my leadership lessons that I learned came from working in those organizations. And it came from Hmm. not just having these conversations with leaders, which is definitely helpful, but I think it goes back to like role modeling behavior. And that was a very big thing that was emphasized and focused on, at least in the brands that I worked on early on in my career. So for example, you know, if you look at just how we learn as individuals, right, when we're kids even, we learn by observance and we learn by people, how they behave around us. It's not to say that we don't learn by hearing information, but a lot of what we take in, um, we role model behavior. And I think for me, I'll be very specific to my experience only, the role modeling behavior from my managers, from my mentors, from my coaches on Pampers and on Braun, for example, which was another brand that I worked on, really taught me a lot. It taught me three key things. I think there's a lot of leadership lessons that have come from that, but probably the top three things that I'll say that I've kind of pulled forward in my career has been number one, always lead with a point of view. You know, that was, if you want to show up as a leader and you want to be seen as a leader, you can't just identify what the problem is. You have to have a perspective on how you're going to solve that problem. And like putting aside a sec, you know, for a minute that we, there's a lot of ways to figure out how to solve that problem, but putting that aside for a moment, I think when that lesson was first instilled in me, it was more on like, how do you show up as a leader? But over the years in reflecting on what that practice really led me to do was forming a perspective helped me form a vision. So now when I was in more senior roles in other organizations, you know, part of being a leader, especially in a corporate environment, was very much around how do you actually show your team through the forest, right? Like how do you see the forest through the trees and how do you get to what your vision is to solve a certain problem? I couldn't do that if I didn't flex the muscle of forming a perspective and having a point of view early on in my career. So that was the one. And like sticking with it, right? Because I think there's sort of that idea of, especially a lot of us now, it's like, we're going this way for sure. Yeah. Actually, hold that. We are totally going this way. I mean, maybe that's just a personal situation I'm having, but <laughs> that's so true, right? Like agility to is commit another, to it. Yeah. Agility is definitely another aspect of that. And, you know, you got to stay flexible, but you know, those, those like lessons early on, I think the culture really just kind of shows you how to stay steadfast when you need to stay steadfast and how to flex when you have to flex. Number two, um, number two for me was always, I think this was very well modeled. It's the best leaders speak last. And, you know, when we would be in team meetings early on in my career, 
the way that we worked and the way that we operated, and everyone knew this, like, you know, going in, the person with the most junior title in the room would always speak first. And the person with the most senior title in the room would always speak last. And for me, why that's a lesson that I've really tried to pull forward in my career and why I think it's so important is because I think it, it helps with two things. Number one, it really helps with active listening as a leader, practicing, not just hearing the words that are coming out of your team's mouth, but really digesting it in the moment so you can make an informed decision because your team is usually like the closest to what the problem is and they have all the ideas to bring to the table. Your job as a leader is to figure out how do you synthesize all that information and kind of, you know, make a decision moving forward for them. And then number two, I think why that was super helpful was it helped practice self-awareness because not to say that I think you can have the best intentions, sometimes being the most, you know, senior person in terms of the title in the room. But oftentimes what happens is for people who, you know, maybe don't have the most senior title in the room, they can feel intimidated to speak their point of view, or they can feel like I have a very different perspective to bring to the table. But now that the senior person has said something, they must know something that I don't know, or they must, you know, have a inclination that I just haven't really like had. And so therefore I'm not going to say what's on my mind. And that really just quashed all of that from the get-go. So I think it really just enabled me to develop that listening skill and and really just be self-aware of sometimes like how the position that I may hold on a team can unintentionally influence the way that people think. And I'll say it also makes sure that any of the junior people one should feel more comfortable sharing because they're not necessarily speaking against somebody of a higher title. But two, if someone's not comfortable sharing and wants to become a wallflower and fade out, it's very clear that individual will likely not last within that organization. So it puts the company's culture and values front and center if that's practiced. A hundred percent agree. And I think that's, you know, it's a huge part of building effective cultures and effective leaders as you go through you know, your career and the organization in general. So hundred percent. And then my third one, (laughs) for me, the third one, I think it's always been one of the hardest pieces to, to really kind of grapple with sometimes. But I think when things go wrong and inevitably they will, because that's just life. You know, a leader's- Wait, you've had something (laughs) happen that went not the way you planned? Jimmy's life's been pretty perfect all the way through until this point. So brace yourself. I know, you know, it's just, it's crazy, but I, I think it's just more about like, a, for a leader, it's, it's about accepting responsibility and blaming no one, you know, like in those moments, like your team has to feel like you have their back and you show up for them. And, you know, there's always a time and a place to try to do a postmortem and understand sort of, you know, what had happened. But I think in those moments, it's like how you show up. And, and that for me has been like the biggest thing, because I mean, at least I, I, I hope that this is true. And then, you know, like if I, um, you know, chat with my, my direct reports that I've had in the past, like, I hope that they would say this, but for me, I guess I try to take the role of mama bear on my team. And like, no one is going to be a bigger champion for my team members than I will. And no one is going to show up harder for them than I will, because that's my role. Like that's my responsibility. Being a people manager is very different than sometimes just being a business manager. And I think we don't emphasize that enough um, in especially the corporate world, but in just all aspects of how our society operates is 
uh, we forget that people leaders, you have to flex different skills and different muscles. Um, and they're two totally different skills. Being really good at your job and being really good at managing people are literally two completely different <laughs> skills. You, they might both live in the same human, but they don't necessarily. And I think just putting people who are good at their job in the leadership position without this kind of training and even, I mean, these three kind of key leadership principles are so tied to what we talk a lot, a lot about here, at augmenters around helping people, you know, by connecting more authentically with each other, you help each other grow to their potential. So every way that you've talked about this, like leading with a point of view is also really about connecting with yourself and really taking that time to be like, what is my point of view? Like, how do I take time to really see what, what do I actually really believe? Like, where do I think we're going? And then I think the active listening and having the best speakers, the best leaders speak last, that is so like connecting more deeply with others because you're actually really listening to them and helping them grow to their potential. And then, you know, how do you, what do you do when things go wrong? And that, that is really a, of course, taking care of what has happened, but then also really taking that responsibility and, and allowing others to see you be vulnerable. So I love these three. This, and I don't think Jimmy, we've ever had a guest come with three key leadership principles. Did you? I think Shilpa wins. I like th- things in three. That's how I think. Let's just, what are three things but that makes you an excellent communicator i work in in, as a communications professional three is always the magic number so like look at that check mark (laughs) plus hopefully no but i mean i i resonate with a lot with what you're saying julie and i think it also just depends on you know that's why your values always lead first and values are a very big part of you know we talk about authenticity a lot in leadership and i think that word gets thrown out around a lot I think it's become this buzzword and people just forget at the end of the day, what is authenticity? It's just bringing yourself to work. It's the raw version of you and who you are and what you believe in. And that's, that's what I think sometimes gets covered up when you're sometimes in a corporate environment and and you feel like you have to conform and true leaders will like really just go back to their values at the end of the day. If it's not aligned with their values, they're just, they're not going to act in that way. The mask. We've heard a lot about the corporate mask. Ooh, yes. I like that. I like that word. Mask. Ooh, I like that. I can't get it out of my head here. Uh, Shilpa, <laughs> Julie's going to roll her eyes at this one. But okay. since we started with, you know, and this might be like kind of literally like the other side of the coin, but we started with Pampers. So we're dealing yeah. with diapers. And then we went quickly to Halo Top ice cream, which as three people who are in the food and nutrition world, we know sometimes that can be exciting on the GI. And then you mentioned Mama Bear. And so I was like, in your future, are you about to fully rebrand Charmin and get them going in a different direction? And I haven't been able to get that out of my head. You know, it's paper products and, and bears. It's just been a part of my life. I used to say, so actually before Pampers, I worked in anti-submarine warfare in Lockheed Martin. What? <laughs> well, that was the that was the division that I was in, and and people would always be like, "Oh, you know, like, are you super stressed? Like, because brand management can there's a lot of things always going on." And so I remember, like, my first intern coach was like, "Like, don't be stressed out. Like, you know, when you're here on Pampers." And I was like, "Man, I used to deal with like bombs exploding and stuff like that. Like, this is this is a different type of explosion. Both explosions, right? Like that happened. Not, but." I mean, that's like my thread line, I think, right now. Yeah. But this but is not the hunt for Red October. We're we're okay here. Yeah, we're okay. We're okay. Yeah. Well, and actually, I think Jimmy maybe just called a client into you at Seed Good Strategies. So if those you know the bear marketers out there are interested in creating impact, you'll know where to find Shilpa. Sounds like a good 
a good client. There you go. Thank you. Thank you guys. Snaps for that. Snaps. Yeah, exactly. We love, well, we love manifesting clients around here, but mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about seed good strategies and, and how you are seeing, you know, this incredible vision that you have around leadership and around impact, how that's, how that, you know, going to show up in this organization. Yeah. Thanks for asking. I think there's, you know, what I'm super excited about and what we work on is two different aspects of the business. So the first aspect of the business is how do we help grow our clients' business? And that's through brand strategy and that's through helping them really infuse that sense of purpose that I talked about. The other side of the business is the people growth side. And so a lot of that is the leadership workshops, the capability building and helping um, even working with HR teams and HR groups to create employee programs that will really help employees live their values, you know, and it's hopefully, you know, those are those values that should be aligned with the organization. And that's where the purpose really drives through. Um, But we work in those two kind of components. Another part of like what I also work on is fractional marketing executive work. And and as a fractional marketing executive, like, you know, I'm sure you guys are aware, you you come in for a finite period of time. And because of that, you're working with teams that either you know, are, are going through a challenging situation at that time, or they just really need not only the, the developmental coaching, but also just more of the emotional support. And you're really trying to set a very from focus for a lot of these teams who may not necessarily have that focus or that leadership kind of when you're when you're walking into the situation. And so I think that there's a lot of those skills and those experiences and those um, lessons that I, you know, try to bring to the table when we're walking into those types of situations. Because you can't you can't ask your team to come and bring their best selves to work every day if you're not investing in their emotional and their mental health and their developmental and their skill health. And um, there was a, a practice, you know, a class that I took early on in my career, which is called situational leadership. And I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that or not, but it no, really tells more. Yeah, it really just talks a lot about, you know, the different levels that your team members are in. Like you, we talk a lot about leadership style and sometimes people say, oh, this is the type of leader that I am. But that type of leadership may not necessarily be what your employee A needs versus what employee A needs, right? People are different and they come to the table with different skills. They come to the table with different levels of passion. They come to the table with different motivational levels. And so situational leadership really just helped me understand and unlock that you had to flex. You had to figure out like where was your direct report or your team member, your mentee and whatever that looks like. Where are they on what level and how do you best show up for them? based on what they need. And I think that that's been something that I really try to like hone in on when I'm walking into a team. And also you might have people at certain titles that doesn't necessarily mean that they're all at the same skill level. So there's also that sort of, you know, flexible kind of nature you need to kind of understand. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking about how differently I approached the situations where I had uh, today a day laborer with a sawzall cut through a functioning water line uh, compared to my earlier strategy meeting with Julie. <laughs> you no, know, very, very different. <laughs> Those require different skills. Jimmy wears well, a lot of hats. <laughs> I know. I know. You hear about this water line? Like... It, it's a small half inch line. Everything's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Baltimore doesn't need water. It's totally fine. <laughs> Um, but I love that. I don't think people think of that situational mm-hmm. leadership when it comes to mentoring. Mm-hmm. I don't think people, I have never connected those ideas. Are there good resources around that? Like ways, or is it just around situational leadership? Are there any experts or anything that comes to mind 
in terms of being able to share with our audience? Yeah, I think one, I want to like not make sure that I don't get this incorrect, but I think Paul Hersey and Ken Blanchard, they have, they've developed basically the situational leadership um, practice and there's, they have a book that that's out there and they also have a training center that if you're interested in getting more involved in and you can actually take an assessment where you can understand where you are sort of in your journey and being a situational leader and then try to get the right coaching, I think, and the right training to, to kind of help you grow. So I think we want to adjust a little bit, Shilpa, but before we move from uh, your role modeling to some role playing, I would like to ask you, see good strategy. Is that a play on, you know, like the like see one, do one, teach one? Like somehow that's like in the back of my head. Like I, I love names and words. This is like my my let's go crazy segment that makes Julie go crazy. But uh, it, it makes me happy. I'm, I'm, I'm curious how you came up with the name. Yeah. I I love that you made that connection, Jimmy. Actually, I didn't think about it that way. But for me, see good was a few things. I was trying to make sure that as we like looked at, I'm a brand builder, you know, so I like to make sure that like, as I think about names, they're with intention and and they're all about the purpose that we're trying to like infuse. So CSEE actually stands for Society Environment Economy, which are Ooh, a three pillars. An acronym. Give it to me. Right? right? Wow. I, know. I have never and, heard that. I cannot and, wait to uh, say it again, please. That. Sure. C. Uh, so S stands for society and then E for environment and the last E for economy. Those are our three pillars oh, of impact. That's so hot um, right now. Oh, thanks, man. See, I appreciate that. And, <laughs> and, and I wanted to marry that with like, you know, what are we trying to do with those three pillars of impact? We're trying to promote good and good is obviously it's a broad definition, but in, in my perspective, it's not only helping companies succeed in a financial realm, but succeed through a financial, the way in which they do business is to make sure that they are doing good in this world and they're moving socioeconomic and environmental initiatives forward. So that's how those three pillars of impact sort of tie together. What I thought was a cool, just aside that sort of happened naturally was that it also matched my initials. So um, I thought that that was kind of a fun, fun little subliminal messaging <laughs> i love it do you have a uh an acronym for good because i'm ready i don't have an acronym for good but now i feel like i need to have one so i have to make one up greater organizations outperform duds you're welcome <laughs> you are welcome <laughs> jimmy's Three. gonna jimmy's gonna leave now <laughs> I, I love this i'm gonna hire you as like my creative copywriter director. He could also work on your water lines. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. I'll just saw we'll just him in half. You never know. I always need the help with anything like around those lines. Thank you. Yes, I will take that. I will take that with me. Oh my gosh. Okay. Speaking of making it happen, I think we're going to try something totally new and different that we have never done before. And Shilpa, I really appreciate you being game for this because I think this is going to be really fun. One of the things we hear from listeners is that they kind of, they they would like more guidance in how to handle mentoring conversations. So like Jimmy and I, and lots of other people, they get folks who are their mentees, whether it's through their work or whether it's just through organizations or whether just somebody's kind of reached out to them. And they're in these conversations and they're sometimes not quite sure what to do or what to say. So we thought we'd try a little bit of role playing, Shilpa, today, but with us together. So I have had the experience of growing a consulting firm 
Eat Well Global, which is in our 11th year, I would say we have successfully grown a consulting uh, firm. And I know that this is new for you. It's been a couple months. How long? Yeah, it's uh, been about three months now. About three months. So it's just a little baby. And I often have conversations with folks who are starting starting consultancies and wanting to grow consultancies. So this is great practice for me too, and how to be a better mentor in those mentoring conversations. So what we're going to do, and Jimmy gets to referee, I don't know if you're going to jump in, maybe you'll judge our conversation. You can kind of point out what, what worked and what didn't work. How about that? It, it was my first job being an umpire and a ref. So I am a very prepared. I don't have my whistle, but I know how to stop play appropriately. <laughs> Perfect. So why don't we do maybe like three little scenarios and kind of see maybe she'll put with you as the mentee, me as the mentor. And then Jimmy, you can kind of comment on how we did. How's that sound? I'll make some notes. All right. Awesome. Cool. So I will go ahead and start as a mentee. Go for it. Please. Uh, so Julie, I'm super you know, excited to chat with you as someone who's obviously grown the successful consulting business. I'm just starting out. And one of the challenges that I am having, you know, is how do I, how do I manage it all, you know, as a team of one and I'm, I don't have necessarily like the capital to hire a full-time staff and I'm trying to, I feel myself being pulled in all of these different directions. And so part of this is like the business development side. Part of this is the financial management side. Part of this is actually doing the work that I love and, and working in brand and strategy and consulting. So I'd really love your advice on what I should do to not only better manage my time, but how do I focus on growing my business while making sure that I'm producing the most impactful projects for the clients that I do have. Well, Shilpa, thank you so much for coming to me with this question and you know, congratulations on starting your business. But honestly, I just, I'm going to tell you what you should do. Okay. Are you listening? Yeah, no, totally okay. Taking- All right. Yeah. Here's what you should do. First thing, number one is just go get yourself clients. doesn't matter if you're doing work that you like, work that you don't like, you just need money. So you should just start calling clients, call your old clients, call anybody, just God. throw out a bunch of different potential services and just, you know, you need money. So just go get money okay. and then <laughs> go hire somebody to help you. And then you'll have time to figure it out. Okay. So in terms of like going out there and just getting clients, should I, should I just offer everything? Like, should I offer everything I know how to do? Like, cause I know how to obviously build brand strategy projects. And I also am really, really passionate about social impact work. And, um, also I have a lot of contacts in like the medical community. Cause I come from, you know, a lot of family members who are in touch with the medical community, but I've never worked in the medical community before. So should I, sh- should I just kind of put everything out there? You should. Yeah. You should just put it all out there talk to as many people as possible, just work as hard as you can and just get as much money as you can. And then you'll hire somebody else and you'll figure it out. Amazing. That's my advice. Thank you so much. That is so helpful for me. I appreciate that. (laughs) You're welcome. Good luck. Thanks. Thank you. I'll let you know how it goes. Fabulous. Okay. How did that go, Jimmy? I need to take a deep breath. That was a first in Augmenter's history, which I'm excited about. Shilpa, I got to first give you credit for playing along and thank you for uh, pretending to uh, have all these questions for us and when we actually probably have a lot of questions for you. So that's really nice of you to play along. Uh, So in the beginning, what I thought went really well, Shilpa, was that you introduced yourself, 
you gave just a touch of flattery. You were not obsequious, but you said, oh, you have grown a successful startup business, always important. And you also showed that you've done some research in Julie so that you've actually done a bit of you know, work on the front end, all really important. But there was a big miss where I don't think you really stated what your vision was. You never really brought any of yourself to the conversation. And I think that is really hard for mentors because when they are only receiving kind of business questions, it's going to quickly kind of get them thinking into their own business world instead of thinking about you. So without that kind of lack of vulnerability to show your true self at the jump, it led Julie pretty quickly down a role of, oh, wow, obviously Shilpa cares about clients and cares about operations and tactical stuff. So Julie, I think my note here was ARG that I wrote down. Uh, <laughs> Hire Julie. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah. She's got that patch over one eye. Be careful. <laughs> the patchy mentor was uh, she, she right away gave advice. She told you what to do instead yeah. of helping you listen to yourself. And yeah. I shit it all over her. <laughs> Get out the pampers. There's shit everywhere. And, and and like, you know, yeah, mentoring is not about being an expert. It's about caring about somebody else. Of course, it's also really hard to do in a three-minute introductory piece. But with how well we started off the conversation in your part, Shilpa, you know, just one or two more lines, I think, about talking about your own vision and where you want to be would really help prime a mentor to get out of their own headspace and get into, oh no, I'm in Chopa's headspace. I'm in this mentee's headspace. And yeah. that's something that's really hard to do for a lot of people, especially when you meet somebody new. So I'm curious yeah. when you meet somebody new off in Chopa, what do you do to help that person kind of relax for a moment and be like, no, no, you don't need to prove anything to me. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how many submarines you blew up. It doesn't matter. I, I just, you know, want to get to know you as a person. You have nothing to prove. I'm just looking for help. And I just appreciate any time you have. Do you have any like tips around that? Yeah. You know, I think again, like a big part, what you were saying, Jimmy, is like establishing this environment and creating the environment for trust and vulnerability. And I think, you know, Brene Brown talks about this quite a lot, which is so, so right. Exactly. Which, you know, it's just, it's so important. And I think honestly developing a an environment and a space where your mentee feels like they can bring their full selves to you it happens over time if i'm going to be very honest it doesn't necessarily sometimes happen in the first meeting but i think there are to your point things that you can do as a mentor to facilitate more of that environment number one is first just not even talking about like the problem at hand, like, let's first just understand the mind space that they're in, you know, so how are you feeling today? Like, what is going on in your life? Like, what is a, you know, what's the best thing that's happened to you today? And like, what as you look at, like, where you want this session to go? What are you looking for? Are you looking for sometimes it's a matter of and you know, Mm -hmm. as, as a mentor, you kind of have to dissect this in the moment. Are they looking for a mentor or are they looking for an advocate? Those two things sometimes mm. those two things are also different. And so you as a as a mentor, as that person that they're coming to, have to understand what are your responsibilities at the end of this conversation? How are you going to show up for this person consistently? Because that 
is what creates, I think, the trusting relationship going forward and wanting that person to come back to you time and time again. And that's how you understand what their values are and what actually drives them. Those things happen over a period of conversations and periods of interaction, not necessarily sometimes just in the first get-go, but I think it's being open to understanding what what they're bringing to the table, both mentally, emotionally, and the challenges that they have going on. Because that's, the, as you said, it's a very, this concept of like, you know, the business, but then also all these other aspects of it and your personal, where you are in your space, the other things that you're dealing with in your life, you know, how you feel about yourself, like what that inner voice is telling you right at that moment, or, you know, all those opportunities. It's like, we almost discount so much of what we actually bring into conversations. Um, And I think mentoring is a really wonderful time to explore that, which is maybe a bit harder in a manager, managing Right, uh, you know, structure, but I think a mentor is where you can explore more of those other sides of others to help them eat, connect more authentically with themselves. But then you as a mentor can help them more than when you just give them advice. Yeah, absolutely. And also like pulling yourself out of the equation a little bit, right? Like what, what has worked for you as a mentor may not necessarily work for your mentee. And that's okay, right? Like they, they bring different experiences to the table And let's also just be very open and honest. Like sometimes there are different biases that are also playing into what they're going through. There might be personal biases, but there also might be external biases that are being put upon them that you as a mentor have not had to deal with or had to had to go through. And so I think there's like that level of just sort of separating your personal self as a mentor in that conversation to really just try to understand, okay, how can I best serve this individual? And sort of what are some of the roadblocks that I can help break through for them? And if I can't break through for them, then how can I put them, you know, in touch with somebody or how can I put them in contact with somebody who may be able to help? Yeah. A mentor's lived experience is not necessarily relevant to any mentee. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And making those connections because you as a mentor have like these other people in your network where like, you know, actually your experience, you know, I can coach you on this part, but there's somebody with a much more relevant experience that can coach you on this part. Absolutely. Oh yeah. It's so true. My gosh. So many good things. So, so Shilpa, if I, cause you're, you're talking about, you know, how relationships can improve. So if I asked you to, you know, put on your wizard hat and maybe some sparkly red shoes and click your heels, what would you want mentoring to look like in 2050? Like how would people be like trained or just like how would interactions be adjusted so that they're more, it's a more powerful way to connect with others right away. And, and that maybe some of these, as you said, internal and external biases are more easily removed. There's a, there's a way to feel less vulnerable, but actually sharing pieces of your authentic self. You know, yeah. What do you think? I I love that question, Jimmy. And I think it all boils back down for me to building a more empathetic world. Because I think if we come each individually to the table with with empathy and with a level of understanding that like, I am not here to, even as a mentor, sometimes I feel like there can be times where people feel 
judged or they can even feel like even you know if i've given advice to somebody and my mentee decided not to take my advice and now i take that personally that's not that's not at all like what this whole relationship is supposed to be about and so i think in 2050 like if if we had you know a perfect world and i'm putting on my my ideal wizard hat here it's it's really everyone coming to the table every day whether you're in your your work life your personal life and how those two blend together with the level of empathy like what is that person going through in that moment their story is not my story their path is not my path their obstacles are not my obstacles and yet i have you know no i'm not here to judge that i'm here to help as much as i can help them break through whatever they're going through and help them reach that next level and help them reach that potential and honestly there's been more sometimes that i've learned from my mentees than i have learned you know, from my superiors. And so I think if Amen we, to that. Yeah, you know, it, that's like been a big part of like what I love about just the whole teaching world in general. Like you learn so much from your quote unquote students. And I think that if we brought that open-mindedness to the table every day, we would work in a better place. We would live in a better place, you know, and I think there would be a lot more uh, opportunity for people to flourish. Shilpa, your aspirations are inspiration. <laughs> you can add that to your uh, tagline, but that like everything you're talking about, these aspirations for this world is so exciting that you are starting this organization that you're going to be supporting brands. You're going to be incredibly successful. I can't wait to ask you and you can give me should advice at another point in time, but I'm really inspired that you're working on the work that you're working on. It's really, it's just fabulous. So thank you for everything that you brought to this conversation. No, thank you. I have one more question for you, Shilpa, but I can't help but think that Julie is trying to influence you to begin selling uh, items to target because to me that's like eat pray aspire you know friends don't <laughs> let friends inspire alone you know <laughs> i think we're coming up with a whole new lexicon we came up with leadering yesterday uh instead of mentoring daunting the leaders leadering so yeah i think i think we can add a bunch of we can get some really cool new you know glasses and t-shirts and yeah. i feel like there's like a that. lot of swag that needs to come oh, with this swag all through this podcast you can just exactly. It, you know, exactly like where's my t-shirt guys and you have that in the mail oh i know okay Pray augmenter yeah uh, <laughs> So uh, my last segment is a brief rapid fire association. We're going to go through four words. And I just want to hear right off the dome what comes to mind when I say the word mentor to you. Empathy. How about when I say the word mentee? Learning. And is there a difference when I say sponsor? Advocate. Advocate. And lastly, how about the word coach? I'm going to say learner again. All right. Thank you so much, Shilpa, for everything you brought to the conversation. Thanks for the really fun role playing. And we wish you a ton of good luck with your new venture. And we will be cheering you on. Thanks so much. It was so fun to be here with you guys. That was such fun. I loved Shilpa. Can we just like work with her all the time? She was amazing. She's already my new best friend. I attempted to connect with her on LinkedIn and she's kept me waiting. So, so Shilpa, shout out. Yeah. Connect with Jimmy on LinkedIn. He, trust Shilpa. me, only good things happen. Please. Only good things happen. <laughs> when you do that, trust me. Um, yeah, I, I was actually, I, I loved the opportunity to be able to do that um, role playing with her and that little mm -hmm. bit of a mentoring simulation. And to be honest, 
there are some elements of that role playing that do come to life for me. Of course, I try never to be quite that directive and blunt and obnoxious. But it was really fun to get a chance to kind of think about how do you do that differently. And then as a mentor, sometimes you do just kind of blurt out advice and you should all over people. And that's that's not a good way to be. Are you trying to bring this back to the brands that Shilpa has worked for? Charmin, Mama Bear? Jimmy, you are a marketing master. However, maybe you should stick with mentoring over <laughs> branding. This is not the time, or at least not TV branding. I hear you. Shilpa's big overall comment to me that I really heard was, you know, experts need to beware of thinking they're an expert. And that when you think you're an expert, you immediately stop being honest with yourself. It's hard to look into the, you know, the mirror. And then two, you want to share all of your smart thoughts because you're an expert first. And a lot of experts become leaders. And Shilpa made it very clear and made a convincing argument that Leaders really need to speak last. Yeah, I love that. That was actually a great reminder because I am quite a chatty person and I do tend no. to jump in. That was a good, I know. Can you believe it? That's why I host a podcast. And I cut you off. So what does that say about me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the idea of making sure that you really pause mm-hmm. as the leader and listen. And that's so true in mentoring too. I know we've had quite a few guests who have really talked about the value of the pause and a value of listening and almost waiting until there's something else that wants to, that needs to be said. That, that fills the space. You, that like, that, that fills the space. thing that's ready to fill that space. It's very Zen that when the pause is great enough, the utterance, the words will fill it properly or something. I was just doing a dramatic pause. <laughs> I thought you were like, I made you, you nervous. You shouldn't say utterance on a, on the podcast. It's awkward. I made you nervous. Yeah, but that just goes to show sometimes that that pause is a bit uncomfortable. And um, you wouldn't have heard that I was uncomfortable about the word utterance. And I don't know why I said it if you hadn't paused. But it's a great point because so many mentors reach out to me and are saying, well, what am I supposed to do with these mentees? Just take some deep breaths and listen. Honestly, if you only do that for 30 minutes and just say hello and give some words of encouragement and end, the mentor will, the mentee, I'm sorry, will be in a better place the mentor will have learned something. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think Shilpa really brought up some great ways to make sure that you're that you're doing that and that you are showing up in that way. And getting to know her a bit more and her work with See Good Strategies, she has a great vision, having a brand marketing background, starting this organization that's really focused on impact. I know she's a big part of the B Corp community. I know she's really working with brands who are on a mission to do good. So I see a lot of vision for her, which is our first principle of Augmenters is setting that vision, which I think she really is, which is a, a world where you know brands are really able to do good and people and leaders are able to do good by showing up for each other. Totally agree. It also brings us back to the difference between management and leadership, that without space, it's very hard to become a good leader because leaders have a point of view. So when we're thinking about all these experts that want to talk first, they're talking about being good managers and doing things right, which is very different than when a leader speaks last, receives a lot of information and gives themselves the space by recognizing their own biases, gives themselves the space to think about what are the right things to do, not just do things right, but to do the right things. And that's a big takeaway. You got to have the space to really be able to see clearly about what 
is the right thing to do next. And I am so overexcited and jazzed about people like Shilpa in the world who are brilliant Amen. and who are leading. Um, I think we've had a lot of these kind of folks on our podcast and Fearless it gives me so voices. much encouragement. Yeah, yeah. It gives me so much encouragement to see women like Shilpa and men out there doing this incredible work and really um, leading with a lot of intention and a lot of thoughtfulness and a lot of integrity. So go rock on Shilpa. We're cheering you on. But you have to you have to follow Jimmy back. Accept my LinkedIn request, Shilpa. Good things will happen, we promise. Augmenters out. Wow, you've made it this far, and we thank you. Hopefully, you enjoyed our episode and discovered new ways to bring more authentic connection into your mentoring relationships. Want to tell them more, Jimmy? Be an Augmenter with us. Visit our website for the best interactive mentoring content at augmenters.us. Share our podcast with someone you care about. Like and subscribe. And yes, really, you following our show and writing a review, it's a big deal. Your actions provide us with the resources to continue our undefeated, unencumbered, prize-winning productions. We welcome questions and suggestions via email, hi at augmenters.us, or on social with our handle at augmentershq. We are most active and available on LinkedIn and YouTube. Shout out an earnest thank you to our intrepid producer, Erlen Cato. We appreciate you. Augmenters out. See ya. Thank you.